Welcome to the Owl Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Carpenter. I'm a 2018 initiate of the Theta Omega chapter at Middle Tennessee State University and currently serve on the Executive Office staff as Director of Strategic Growth. On this podcast for Sigma Pi Fraternity, we'll be taking you through the fraternal experience in many different ways. From episodes showcasing the history of the fraternity to interviews with notable alumni, you'll get a true sense of what brotherhood really means from the eyes of Sigma Pi members throughout our history. Today, we're joined by Grand Sage Joe Palazzolo, a 2000 initiate of Delta Beta chapter at Monmouth University. Grand Sage Palazzolo has served the fraternity for many years, including stints as chapter advisor, province archon, Sigma Pi Educational Foundation board member, Grand Second Counselor, and has been the Grand Sage for Sigma Pi since 2018. We'll first be taking a look at some key historical moments in this episode, and we'll take a look at what you can expect in the future as well. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me here, Drew. Um, I'm excited to see the fraternity genuinely engage in podcasting or you know, micro-podcasting, and I'm glad to see that we have people behind this effort with real experience doing this style of podcasting. I think it speaks volumes to the commitment and dedication that you and our entire executive office team have towards making the fraternity experience the best that it can be for our brothers, and I'm looking forward to being on the podcast, so thanks. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump into some questions. My first question, what aspects of the fraternity's history bear relevance to the experience undergraduates have today on college campuses? On its face, one might assume that there's no relevance and that the efforts of our founding fathers, not just the four founders, but all of the early brothers of Tau Phi Delta and ultimately Sigma Pi fraternity, that their experiences are too rooted in the ways of the world of the early 1900s to be relevant to the 2020s. But there are striking similarities. For example, Tau Phi Delta was founded by men who came together largely for academic and fellowship purposes. In other words, this whole thing started like virtually all fraternities started, with men coming together for a desire to share the college experience and share the natural growth and development that goes on in a young man's life during his college years. That's the big picture. The big picture is that the blueprint of how Tau Phi Delta came together is nearly identical to how interest groups and colonies come together in the 2020s. Today, fraternities are homes away from home for their brothers, and that's what they always strive to be. Now, whether or not every fraternity chapter has achieved that over the course of the various histories of the different fraternal organizations, that's a it's a much more difficult and contentious topic, but maybe we'll get to that at some point in these OWL talks. Who knows? Uh, in short, though, the core desire to build a family-like structure, uh, a home away from home, that is the element of Sigma Pi's history that bears the most relevance to the undergraduate experience today. And, and I would be remiss, Drew, if I did not mention, just in passing, that the larger development of social skills, of how to act in a business setting... Uh, how to conduct business during chapter meetings, how to manage a budget, adhere to an agenda, be a productive member of a committee, practicing sales skills during recruitment. All of that was going on in the early days of Sigma Pi, 
and learning those critical skills helped develop our early brothers into leaders of industry. Uh, well, that same, oppor- uh, that, that same opportunity, it still exists today. And when done correctly, that authentic engagement as an undergraduate brother provides our young men with the type of leadership development skills that you just can't get from a campus club like the snowboarding club or the community service club or playing a club sport. What you can learn from the genuine engagement as an undergraduate is relevant, not just for your undergraduate years, but for your entire lifetime. Very nice. That was a very thoughtful answer, Joe. I appreciate that. All right. Second question. Which historical moment in the early days of Sigma Pi can our undergraduates most learn from today? Oh, there are a few interesting moments in our early history that I think are great learning experiences for today's undergraduates. Let's start with a brief review of Robert George Patterson's fate, at least as it's widely known today. And Drew, I think you know there is a great deal of scholarship going into RGP's actual role in the founding of Sigma Pi fraternity. And we have a lot more to discuss on that topic, again, for a future podcast. However, the story as it's widely known now is that RGP creates this fictitious history of an organization he calls Sigma Pi. He convinces Tau Phi Delta to join the organization. Uh, A few more chapters are created or they join this young, young Sigma Pi And then uh, Kiplinger organizes the young leaders of Sigma Pi to expel RGP when he is convinced that the story of the fraternity's founding is made up. Again, that's a very short, short version of of how we got uh, to the point of RGP being expelled. And again, we'll talk on future episodes of the podcast about that part of our history. And it's probably going to take multiple episodes to fully explain what we think we now know today. However... Take the 10,000-foot view of what happened back then. Someone was caught being in deep opposition to the fraternity's core values, and the fraternity held him accountable by removing his membership. And let's remember, Drew, we're not talking about men in their 40s or their 60s or their 80s who are holding each other accountable. These are guys in their 20s. So for our chapter leaders who are listening to this podcast and have those deep internal struggles about what to do with the brother in their chapter who just isn't living up to the fraternity's expectations of brotherhood. Hey, a hundred years ago, guys about your age expelled the guy who called himself the first president and ultimately the founder of the fraternity. If they had that level of accountability back then, our chapters can surely have that level of accountability now. And then one more important learning moment, Drew, and it's really a series of moments that lead to an ultimate point. You may remember in learning the history of Sigma Pi that the early members of Tau Phi Delta were inspired to become a Greek letter organization by Professor Charlotte Millet after she gave a speech about fraternities on the Vincennes campus. And then at some point thereafter, our brothers were inspired by the mother of our first two initiates, the Bayard brothers. Mrs. Baird inspired them to adopt Browning's verses from A Death in a Desert. Um, that was part. That was to become our motto. And there are similar stories of our early members being inspired by similar academic-rooted events and conversation. There's a lesson there, Drew. And that lesson is that even though fraternities and sororities may sometimes have a strained relationship with the administrative elements of local campuses, 
there is so much to be learned from the faculty and the academic pursuits on local campuses. The administrative issues that fraternities and sororities face today are generally new. These are new evolutions of the campus infrastructure that have come up over the last several decades. Well, a hundred years ago, that infrastructure didn't exist. So the influences on the early fraternity men and sorority women were the campus faculty. And so I encourage our brothers to learn from our founders and to spend time genuinely engaging with the faculty members on their campuses. Have lunch with your professors. If your chapter has a faculty advisor, then have lunch with that advisor and talk to them about everything under the sun related to the fraternity. That level of engagement helped form and round out the fraternity experience for our founders, and I think it can be a bigger element of Sigma Pi membership today. Absolutely. And Joe, we're all familiar with the the Patterson episode, but I find it extremely interesting to hear the back end of that story, kind of what took place in later years. Moving on to the third question, in your deep dives into the history of Sigma Pi, what situation did you land on that resonated the most with you? Just a quick aside, wait until we get to those later years of Patterson's life when we discuss that in a future podcast episode. You're going to love it, Drew. Uh, anyway, uh, there's there's a lot that resonated with me in, in, in reviewing our history and taking a bit of a deeper dive. What I've really enjoyed doing is reading the old issues of the Emerald Magazine. And I don't know if our listeners know this, but every issue of the Emerald is available on sigmapi.org. You can learn so much from those magazines. And what's great is that they're all primary documents with the actual words and statements of our early brothers. In other words, you're not hearing or reading something second or third hand where the ultimate message may be manipulated or remembered incorrectly. No, instead, you're getting the information directly from the source. And reading the writing of our early leaders is something that I've found both deeply interesting and profoundly related to today's fraternity experience. So let me give you an example. And let me preface this example by providing some context. In your introduction of me earlier, which, you know, by the way, it was very kind of you. I, you know, I've had all these titles and positions and everything, but you know, I'm just, I'm just a fraternity guy. I just, I just see myself as a fraternity guy, and I just want the best for our brothers. You know, nothing, nothing more. You know. Um, anyway, you, you mentioned that I spent some time as a chapter advisor, and uh, and you know, Drew, that was my favorite volunteer position in Sigma Pi, without question. Uh, when, when I'm no longer on the Grand Council, I look forward to being a chapter advisor again, actually. Uh, I was chapter advisor for my home chapter, Delta Beta at Monmouth University, from 2003 to 2006, and then again from 2010 until 2016 when I was elected to the Grand Council. I was also chapter advisor for Theta Tau chapter at William Patterson University for a short stint in 2005 and 2006. And in that time, I worked with hundreds of undergraduates on both of those campuses and on campuses around New Jersey. And I still work very closely with my undergraduates at Delta Beta chapter. And you learn quite a bit working with undergraduates. You learn about social trends. And then for our purposes, you learn about how and why things work for the fraternity, why they don't work, which programs the national fraternity needs to invest more in, which programs they need to reevaluate, and, and so on. Uh, well, one of the things I learned in my volunteer work um, is that our undergraduates are 
Sigma Pi fraternity. Our undergraduates are Sigma Pi fraternity. Now, Drew, you and I are certainly Sigma Pi fraternity too. I mean, I'm the Grand Sage, you're the Director of Strategic Growth. Yes, of course, we are Sigma Pi fraternity. But to the world, the fraternity is not you. It's not me. The fraternity is our young men across North America. And to your question about what resonated with me in my historical work, let me draw on a quote from 100 years ago. And I use this quote at province workshops and new officer orientations and all the other educational programming that, I, uh, that I'm uh, happy to participate in. It's a quote from past Grand Sage William Akers. Uh, past Grand Sage Akers was Grand Sage from 1916 to 1920. But this quote comes from his time as Grand Fourth Counselor, which was back in 1915. On his way to attend an interfraternity conference, he stopped to address both Delta Chapter at the University of Penn and Kappa Chapter at Temple University, both in the Philadelphia area. And in that meeting with those chapters, he said the following line, which was ultimately printed in the Emerald. I quote, The duties of our latest initiate are of more importance to the fraternity than those of the Grand Sage. While the former may have no official duties to attend to, he is actively engaged either in building up or tearing down our reputation, a matter of more vital importance than any official business could be, end quote. And that line resonated with me, Drew, because it spoke to the experience that I had nearly a hundred years after past Grand Sage Acres presented that idea to Delta and Kappa chapters. And that line is as true today as it was back in 1915. Our undergraduates are the ones who define and redefine what Sigma Pi means every single day across this country. For the Grand Council, the executive office, our volunteer teams, all we can do is provide the undergraduates with the guidance and the resources and hope that their rep representation of Sigma Pi is consistently improving and getting better. And for those chapters who are already operating at a high level, then all we can do is support them in stabilizing and solidifying their existing efforts. There are awesome words of wisdom scattered throughout all of those early emeralds, and I encourage everyone to check them out on sigmapi.org. Eloquently said, Joe. I really like that. For our last question, what can our listeners look forward to at the future of this series of historical episodes for the Owl Talk podcast? In short, a lot. We are working on several themes for our upcoming episodes. For this episode, we wanted to focus on the big picture items and then just take a very quick dip into some of our history. And Drew, we haven't even scratched the surface of our history. In upcoming episodes, you can expect that we are going to dive into some niche content. For example, some folks out there know that I am working to transcribe a manuscript prepared by Robert George Patterson after he was expelled. The manuscript is over 900 pages long. It's over 100 years old. So it's not the easiest process. But it's important to preserve that manuscript because it's RGP's side of the story when it comes to the founding of Sigma Pi fraternity. And you can expect some content around that in the coming episodes. Also, you can expect conversations about individual topics. For example, 
I was pretty excited back in 2018 to be the first sitting Grand Sage to visit Sigma Pi Society at Illinois College. We've had other folks go out there and talk with them, and there are ample records of that over the, over the years. But the young men in the society were incredibly gracious with their time, and I learned a lot about them and how they operate during that visit. And I'm still in touch with some of the guys I met uh, out there, and I'm in touch with them on a semi-regular basis. They allowed me to give a classic academic lecture in Beecher Hall on the topic of leadership and to stand in the same place, literally the same spot on the floor where William Jennings Bryan stood. And they allowed me to recite a few lines from his famous Cross of Gold speech, which were included in my lecture on leadership. And you know, Drew, that was an incredible moment for me. Uh, I look forward to talking more about that with you in the future. We have some other ideas for upcoming episodes that we're working on too. For example, we have volunteers across the country who are independently researching different elements of the fraternity's history. I think in future episodes, we expect to invite some of them to join us and tell us about what they're finding out. Also, and and I know you know this, Drew, uh, during the first 18 months of my term as Grand Sage, I visited 109 of our chapters, colonies, and interest groups around the country. I met thousands of our brothers, and I learned more about the real work of the fraternity than I ever thought I would. So we'll be inviting some of those brothers that I met on those travels to join us to tell us the stories of their chapters. What is the Sigma Pi experience like on their campuses? And we're also going to be inviting the founding fathers of chapters to tell us about why they wanted to start a chapter of Sigma Pi on their campuses, whether that was a few years ago or a few decades ago. We want to hear and we want to share their stories too. Plus, we're living through history right now with this seismic shift that hit the fraternity world because of the pandemic. But this has happened to our industry before. World War II caused a massive disruption for fraternities. And then the Cultural Revolution in the decades that followed caused another major shift. I think we're going to explore all of that in future episodes. And all of this, of course, is only just the beginning, Drew. We have a lot more to dive into over time, and I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. Joe, I really appreciate you being on the podcast with us today to share some history, some knowledge of Sigma Pi fraternity with us. I'm looking forward to diving into more history of Sigma Pi with you. Oh, this was great, Drew. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks. Folks, that is all we have for our first episode of the Owl Talk podcast. Thank you for joining us for the first installment. Make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, I believe.